Welcome to the How to Find Joy podcast. If you are currently feeling unhappy, overwhelmed, stuck in a rut, or simply need a boost of hope, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, June Supunpuk, also known as Joy Guy June, and I'm here to give you honest conversations on how to find joy through this messy thing called life. My intention is to share practical tips on how to get back on the path towards joy, show you examples of what that could look like for you, and help you feel more inspired and connected to your own definition of success, power, and true happiness. If you're ready to learn what's possible, the How to Find Joy podcast is here for you. So let's get this pot started. Woohoo! Welcome back, everyone. This is a continuation from last week's episode on Holding Space. So if you haven't yet listened to that, definitely go back because this week we are starting from where we left off. And just as a reminder, I think holding space is a major key to a joyful relationship because it builds intimacy, it teaches you how to give and receive support, um, and also give it to others. And it helps to build a bridge of communication so we can all be better at understanding one another. And we really, really need that right now. So as we know from last time, holding space is when you are able to create a supportive environment for someone else so they can feel safe to express their thoughts and emotions without feeling judged. And we left off with learning how to regulate our own emotions so we can actually hear what the other person is saying and better understand ourselves at the same time. I know, a lofty task, but I am genuinely wondering who out there has had time to practice any of this and if there were any parts that were more challenging than others. I know I warned that this step wasn't the easiest, but of course worth it. So on to step number four. Step number four is avoid giving advice. Um, when you're holding space, especially when you're a deemed fixer or a problem solver, all you just want to do is go in and find a solution, right? And a way that you can actually avoid doing this and be clear about what does this person need from you is actually just to straight up ask them, like ask, how would you like me to support you? And do you want to vent and I can listen? Or would you like me to offer some advice? And I feel like as I've been on both sides, obviously, and I felt like from the holding space end, it was such a relief because I was experiencing, well, I'm a codependent recoverer as if any of you have been following me, know this. So I have this like built-in idea of trying to figure out like a deeper meaning behind what somebody is saying. And by asking this question, you don't even have to wonder whether or not are they being clear, are they not being clear? It's like, nope, you're asking a direct question. Do you want me to listen to you or do you want some advice? And that's such a relief. Um, also for my people pleasers out there and overgivers, it creates boundaries, right? Because then you're like, oh, okay, I don't have to be so hypervigilant right now. And also I don't have to go out of my way and take up so much energy finding a solution that will ultimately be rejected anyways, <laughs> because they may not want that. And it's so crazy because I've also been on the other end of somebody who didn't ask me, you know, what do I need in this moment? And all I needed was to have empathy. Essentially, it really is just this very simple task. And I remember somebody didn't ask me and I actually kind of didn't know what I needed at that time. So, you know, 
they did the, their best. And I recognized that as I was venting and I was saying what I was needing to say, all I really wanted them to do was to listen because then once they started giving advice, unsolicited advice, I started getting heated and I started getting angry and I realized, oh, I actually do need to just vent right now. And so I had to interrupt and be like, actually, I just need someone to listen to me. Um, if that's okay with you, of course, my people pleaser was like, is that okay with you? Is that okay? <laughs> and so, but I was so proud of myself for actually saying that because then they were like, oh yeah, totally, of course. And we could just move forward. Um, instead of in the past, I remember I wouldn't say anything. And then I would just sit there angrily being like, why are you talking right now? This isn't about you. So yes, I have been on both sides and it's really important to recognize that avoid giving advice might be the easiest path. And on top of that, silence can actually be really great. Like respecting moments of silence for the other person to think could be vital to helping them while they gather their thoughts. So that's step four. Step five is empathy. So, you know, there are certain times where you can just sit in silence and be dead in the face and the other person is just like, what? What are you doing? And they don't feel heard. They don't feel loved. You're just like this cold rock just staring back at them. That's not what I mean by offering up silence for the other person. I mean offering up silence and creating empathy. And according to the dictionary, just for those of you who do not know what empathy is, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. And now this is not a gift, by the way, that everyone has. I think I know a lot of highly empathic people and it always comes as a shock to them when others are not also highly empathic. And I always have to remind them that, hey, by the way, some of us were born or raised with more of a capacity for empathy than others. So if you are highly empathic and speaking to someone who is not, and you expect them to treat you the way that you treat others, you could be sorely disappointed. And that's not going to help anybody. So I reminding yourself that, yes, I have to be non-judgmental. I have to understand that not everybody communicates the way that I communicate. Like this is all a part of holding space is the self-awareness of yourself and also awareness that not everyone works and operates like you. But again, if you are someone who is on the other end of the spectrum and you're learning what it's like to give empathy to others for the first time, it really just means trying to understand their perspective and emotions of the other person. So putting yourself in their shoes. And of course, you do not have to agree with that, what they're saying in order to put yourself in their shoes. But, you know, the opportunity that you have here in offering empathy is at least acknowledging the other person's feelings, right? Because those are very important when you're holding space is recognizing and sharing the feelings of another which is empathy. So empathy, by the way, can come in different forms. You know, facial expressions where you can show you're processing what they're saying, perhaps a look of compassion or a nod affirming that you're hearing what they're saying, or even noises to let them know you care like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it could also be holding the person's hand or giving them a hug while they're crying. Of course, everyone is different and not everyone may like this, but if you know your loved one appreciates physical touch, this is a great way to show empathy. 
And for those of you who are not good with words, there are all kinds of options to express empathy without even saying a thing. I mean, I just shared with you a couple of things that you could do. So now for those of you who are uh, good with words or you are not good with them and want to practice, I actually found that there are a plethora of things that you can say. And I found a website that I'll link in the show notes And um, it's an article written by Couples Thrive that's called 44 Empathy Statements That Will Make You the Great Listener. And it offers up statements like, "I, I understand how you feel. I totally agree with you. I wish I could have been with you in that moment. Oh, that sounds frustrating. And you can even say what you heard back to the person so they can know you're hearing them properly Or if you haven't heard them properly, they can clarify. So a statement like that would be, okay, I think I get it. So what you're feeling is dot, 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 dot. Or uh, let me try and paraphrase and summarize what you're saying. So you're saying that blah, 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 blah. Um, And again, empathy takes practice, just like holding space takes practice. And if it does not come naturally, I just think that you just need a good place to start And knowing also that empathy, when you, when you speak empathy, it also involves being very cognizant of your tone and your delivery. Those two things are vital in empathy because you can read all these sentences, read all 44 of them, and I've done it. I just did it actually. And you can either sound sincere or accusatory and dismissive, depending on how you say these statements. So like number 30 on this list says, well, I agree with most of what you're saying. Okay. So here's, and that's an empathy phrase that you can go from a hell yes to a hell no real quick, depending on how you say it. So the hell yes statement for this, where I'd be like, yay, you did empathy would be, well, I agree with most of what you're saying. Like, yeah, totally. Um, and then the other one would be, well, I agree with most of what you're saying. <laughs> Do you hear the difference? <laughs> if someone said, well, I agree with most of what you're saying, I legit would want to like scream <laughs> and be like, get out of here. You don't know how to hold space, blah. <laughs> Like, do you really think that's helping? Okay, so then what is the few percentage that you don't agree with? And then the conversation will go south and sideways because then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you agree with most, but what don't you agree with? And that's just not going to help anybody. So a lot of times I just want you to know that same statement, different level of empathy can be shared based on tone and delivery. So again, reminding yourself that tone and delivery are vital. And a lot of times empathy is enough. You know, the person can feel better and you get a better understanding of where they're coming from and that can be the end of the the conversation. However, in last week's episode, I was kind of talking about when you're in a situation where you're in conflict with a loved one and you two cannot yet understand each other. So, well, if step one is to understand, then step six will make a lot of sense because it involves asking to know. So step number six is, and the final step, for holding space until I probably do another segment at another time with all the 5 million other options you can do. But again, this is all beginner. So number six is ask non-judgmental, open-ended questions. Okay, what do I mean by this? I mean, try to ask questions that are not just yes or no responses, right? If you are in a place where you genuinely do not get where your loved one is coming from, ask questions like, 
can you tell me why this situation upsets you? Or, well, I agree with most of what you're saying, but there's one area where I'm a bit confused. Could you clarify what you meant by X? Ooh, see, I, I took it back to the, I agree with most of what you're saying. That's a, that's a good follow-up, right? Because it's like, okay, I, I will share with you what I mean by that versus like, well, I agree with most of what you're saying. Well, I agree with most of what you're saying. It's hard. That one's hard. <laughs> but I hope I gave you a, an option that's a little bit clearer with an open-ended question so you have a double whammy. Well, I agree with most of what you're saying, but there's one area where I'm a bit confused. Could you clarify what you meant by X? And then when you say this, do you mean this or do you mean something else? I use this one often because oftentimes something that I hear will not actually be what the other person said. And again, we all listen, by the way, through the perspective of our own trials and tribulations. So you might have a skewed perspective of their opinion because of what you think they think that they think. So, so it's really good to get clarification. And again, when you're being non-judgmental, you can actually cross the road into hearing versus just like criticizing them and being like, they're so dumb. Why are they thinking this? This is probably what they actually mean. Um, and get clarification because again, it's like jumping to conclusions, not helpful in holding space. That's again, not the point of holding space at all. Um, and I actually did find examples that could be supportive for you. I found another article from someone called the conflict expert and they had great suggestions, um, for asking open-ended questions during conflict. And again, I'll link those in the show notes, but what I most loved by the way about the article was that there was this one section called questions to ask yourself. And this is honestly amazing for you to do even before you end up having this conversation and learning to hold space for that other person, right? Um, that you're experiencing conflict with because these questions are really introspective. They're so helpful. Like why it really pinpoints at why does this matter to you? And, you know, kind of talks about the importance of what gets you heated in this moment? So questions like, what power does this conflict have over me? Ooh, that's a good one. Because oftentimes, like you, there is a lot of power that this conflict has over you. And for me, you know, any conflict that I've ever had, especially with my codependency, my people pleasing, my perfectionism, it would definitely be around like, oh, they, the, the power that they have over me right now is that, I am worried about them and I'm worried about their opinion and I'm giving my power away to them and trying to convince them to agree with me or like me again or not love me anymore uh, or wait, love me again <laughs> uh, because I have insecure attachment. So it's like giving my power away and what will my day look like without it? Oh my God, that's a great question. My day would look great without this conflict. But again, if you're avoiding conflict, this is, this is also great because you're asking yourself the question, okay, what would my day look like without it? But you also want to make sure that in this question, you're not avoiding it. So there's other questions too that are helpful. How is this conflict affecting my mental health? well-being? How is this conflict affecting my intimate relationships? Why is this conflict important to me? And what would I be willing to do to resolve it? 
And yeah, there are a plethora of other questions that this person asked in the article. So I'd highly recommend checking it out. But I mean, all of these are wonderful things to ask yourself before you go into the conversation because you'll be so much clearer and more grounded because you have already taken the time to think it through. And it can actually show you whether or not holding space with this person is worth it to you. Because again, to do this loving act of holding space, it takes a lot of work and energy. But again, I believe that it is worth it. So that's why I encourage you to practice holding space with someone you love and respect first. So that's my wrap up for la- from last week's episode. I hope this supports you as you learn how to both communicate your feelings and needs to others, as well as offering up a safe space for doing that as well. DM me on Instagram at joyguyjune and ask me any questions about holding space or anything joy related. And of course, if you need more support, I offer one-on-one coaching in my Joy Guidance Program. As always, if you found the How to Find Joy podcast helpful, please be sure to share with your loved ones or leave a review. And if you're looking for more information about each episode, our guests, or any resources we mentioned, you can easily find them all below in the show notes. If you like more content, you can follow me at Joy Guy June on Instagram, TikTok, and in the near future, YouTube. And if you're ready to tap into your magical gifts and start living your highest potential, you can also do one-on-one private coaching with me. Learn more about my Joy Guidance program on my website at www.joyguidejune.com. See you next Monday.